You're a new mama, but you don't know what to do. Daniel and Kate got some baby advice for you. Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast, Go Ahead Mama. I'm Danielle. And I'm Kate. And we're exploring the weirdness and awesomeness of motherhood, one story at a time. Connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr at Go Ahead Mama. Hey everyone, we are back with another episode of Go Ahead Mama, and we are here today with Danielle Bowie, who is a great friend of mine, but she also has really good perspective on being a stay-at-home mom. So Danielle, say hi to everyone. Hi everyone, great to be here. And tell us a little bit about um, your setup. You have two wonderful boys and one brewing. Can you tell us their ages? Sure. So we have a four and a half year old son. He'll be five in December, um, starting junior kindergarten this fall. And then our second son will be two in about a month. And then we have a third baby on the way in November. Exciting times. And we'll want to hear how you're managing all of them soon. This is going to be so great. Um, but as we go through this process and as we have this show, we always remind people that we are working on maintaining ourselves as women and in the different contexts that we are in. And the one that we're looking into today is being a stay-at-home mom. So let's just jump into it, Danielle. If you could tell us, how did you come to make the decision of being a stay-at-home mom? Sure. It was actually a bit of a process. So when I, um, actually before um, my husband and I had kids, I had this feeling that I wanted to stay home longer than the normal 12 weeks that you get when you had a baby. And so we kind of talked about, well, maybe with each kid, I'll stay home for six months, a year or something like that, and then go back to work. So that was the plan that I came into it with. And when we had um, our first son, I sort of arranged it. We had moved and I was working remotely for the company that I'd been with. And basically I arranged to take unpaid leave and stayed home with him for about seven and a half months before I went back to that role. So uh, I had actually a nice chunk of time, more than many women get, to actually be at home with him. And then we ended up hiring a nanny and I went back to work full time. And I stayed working through my second pregnancy. And during that pregnancy, I, I started to kind of feel a little bit of a pull and kind of thinking about being at home, but I was also more so pulled towards having my own business. I wanted, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur and I also wanted the flexibility um, that that allows and being able to, I'd been working from home, so I was really enjoying that flexibility, but the added level of, you know, being my own boss and really doing work that I was going to find a little bit more fulfilling. And so um, I planned actually to go back to work um, with my second son, although I kind of had this little, you know, voice in my head saying, well, maybe you could think about staying home for a while and then kind of figure out what you're going to do after. But um, what ended up happening actually is that when my son was born, our second son was born um, during the fetal testing that they do, um, the newborn screen, we actually found out that he had sickle cell disease. And so that stopped me in my tracks. And we didn't, you know, we knew that we were both carriers, but our older son was also just a carrier. So he was not affected. And so when we got the diagnosis, I was like, I'm not going back to work. <laughs> so that, yeah, that was the decision sort of maker. Decision. Exactly. And I was already leaning in that direction. So, um, you know, it, it wasn't what we were planning and we had to, you know, shift some things around from a financial perspective to then think about me staying home for some undefined period until we got to see how 
he was doing and what kind of care and support, et cetera, that he was going to need. So that's actually um, what pushed me towards staying at home was really wanting to focus on him and being able to, to care for him. Now, curious, what were your perceptions of being a stay-at-home mom before you had children? Um, I don't think they were, they weren't negative. Um, I think I've always been of the mindset that I think it's important for you to choose kind of based on your life circumstances. I definitely assumed that you had a lot more time to get a lot more stuff done than you had to get done (laughs) when you were working. So I just thought, okay, well, you know, women who stay at home, they must be able to balance, you know, keeping their house maintained and they probably do all these amazing creative activities with their kids and are really like engaged with them sort of the whole time they're at home. So I kind of had this idealistic picture of what it actually would be like to stay at home and take care of a child. I'll pause you, Danielle, because I'm I'm sure there are so many people and you are laughing at yourself. I'm laughing at that (laughs) statement. There are so many women laughing at that statement because that's what you think. Tell tell me if that if that's happened for you. (laughs) Um, You know, parts of it have. Um, I, you know, haven't been doing you know, massive creative activities. Although I do try to do some, um, my boys are into trucks and trains and, um, you know, anything that moves essentially. Um, but I mean, what, what I did find is that, you know, you're, you're caring for your child. So the same way that you would have someone come in, if you had a nanny or if you took them to daycare, you would expect for someone to be paying attention to them, changing their diaper, engaging with them, singing, talking, you know, doing all the developmental stuff, you're doing all that. And so this idea that then your house is going to be spotless and you're going to make, you know, a fresh, you know, organic dinner every single (laughs) night of the week, like that for some women, maybe that is, you know, their reality with, you know, small kids at home, but it certainly was not mine. And it actually became, you know, for me, it was, it was a challenge in a lot of ways because I felt like I was failing at the quote unquote, the homemaker part of it. Yeah. It's part I seemed to be doing okay. Cause I was all in and really focused on that. But you know, my husband would come home and I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't get to clean up the entire house today. And he's like, you were taking care of the kids. <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to clean up the whole house today. So, well, and, and we have a whole list of questions for you, Danielle, but I wanted to just take a minute to, to speak to that a little bit more. Um, because I often feel that way too. And maybe, maybe you've gotten over it. I'm still working my way through it, but that feeling of I've done all of this, but I still haven't done enough. Mm -hmm. Um, tell us a little bit more if you have gotten past it, how have you kind of been able to give yourself the space to be okay with the, the fact that you might, you're an amazing mom to your children, but you might not be able to be that, um, hundred percent homemaker or whatever other thing you thought you would be able to do. How are you, how did you manage that feeling? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. So I think I had to do some reframing on my side and, you know, really look at, so I'm, you know, sort of very ambitious sort of achieve, I'm an achievement goal oriented person. And so I liked working and, Um, You know, one of the challenges, I think, when I first started staying at home is that I didn't think about the fact that these were multiple jobs that I was taking on. So you sort of glump it all into you're a stay-at-home mom, and that means that you are, you know, the housekeeper and the cook and the person, you know, the nanny, the person that's taking care of the kids. And those are multiple jobs. When I was working, I, you know... We had someone come in and help clean our place every three weeks. So it wasn't, you know, I didn't have someone every week, but I had someone every couple of weeks. And then I just sort of maintained in between. And that was a, a separate job that I had, you know, someone do. And so this, you know, this idea that I'm going to take on all of these different roles and sort of be the, the superwoman 
all at once just was, you know, I started realizing I was, you know, just putting myself through some significant guilt trips with that kind of focus and that emphasis. So I think it's something I'm still, you know, working through. And there's certain things that I just, you know, let go. Like our house is pretty messy Monday, <laughs> Thursday. And then, you know, Thursday night I would have um, some students over because we live in a dormitory and we would watch, you know, Thursday night um, scandal. And you got to watch the scandal. So that was my impetus to clean up. And then we host a, um, a small group Bible study at our place on Friday. So I just got into habit. I said, you know what? Thursday afternoon, Friday afternoon, that's my cleanup time. And the rest of the week, I'm going to, you know, pick up as I can, but I'm going to let it go. I don't fold laundry anymore. I've never loved doing laundry. And so, you know, our clothes are all clean and I fold the boys clothes, but my husband and I, you know, kind of looks like a tornado went through. <laughs> our room clothes are clean, but they're just kind of all in there. And I have resolved at least for now to just close the bedroom door and people don't go in our room besides us anyway. So, um, yeah, I think I've learned to give myself a lot more grace and just understand that these are multiple jobs. And if I were working quote unquote in the workplace, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have three different titles all at the same time, trying to do those three jobs all by myself. Oh, Danielle, you're giving me clarity and it's really, really helpful. So I'm going to get back to the managing time and letting go stuff because I think that's really helpful, but kind of looping back again. So you had these perceptions and they weren't necessarily negative. I mean, just, just for the listener's sake, my, I'm coming from uh, a family that had a stay at home. I'm single parent, but she was uh, still at home with us and it was vital. I mean, I needed her to be there for kind of the things that I was doing. And like you said, for your son's needs, you have certain situations where the, the, at least one parent um, needs to be home. Um, But did those perceptions positive or negative really like create an impetus or make you hesitate when you were when you guys were coming to that decision, granted, I know you're kind of thrown into it, but just help me understand if they affected you in any way. Um, no, I don't think coming to the decision, I think for us having, you know, sort of having a, a health challenge made it really clear that that was a decision. Um, I think one of the hard parts was that it became uh, an until we decide something else decision. So there was no time frame around it. Um, it wasn't like, in my mind, originally, I was like, oh, you know, I'll stay home for six months or a year with each kid and go back to work. And so we kind of threw that timeline out of the window. And the idea of me starting a business, you know, had to also be put on pause because, again, I was really trying to, you know, focus on my son and not have, you know, any other, you know, things that were pulling, major things that were pulling at my time. And so um, I think, you know, one of the things that was was challenging for me, especially because I, I enjoyed the work that I was doing, I'd been successful and was sort of moving up and still getting promotions and had just, you know, um, gotten a a major promotion prior to leaving um, my company, I really struggled with the sort of identity piece that was missing from work. Um, And I, you know, probably for the first six months, someone would ask me, what do you do? That's always the question that you get asked. Yeah. And, you know, the answer has changed over time, but I remember those first six months, it was always, well, you know, I used to work. I, I just, I just left my job and now I'm home with my boys. Right. And so there was always this qualifier of, no, I did work and I was successful and I did have this job because that was such a part of my identity. And now when someone asks me, you know, I'll say, you know, I'm home with my kids. I'm actually in the process of going ahead and starting that company, but that's, you know, too two plus years later. And so there was certainly a period where I recognized how I was still holding on 
to that job title and that, you know, I have been a working mom and I did have a job and I did go to college and all of those things. And, you know, becoming more comfortable with saying, you know, I'm home with my boys right now. That's, that's what I do. And I'm enjoying it and it's great. And I don't need you to validate one way or the other, if that's a decision that I should have made, because I know it was a decision that was right for my family at that time, not necessarily that it'll be the right decision in five years, I might do something totally different. But at the time when we made it, that was the right decision for us. And it has continued to be up until this point. You know, I, um, it's one of those situations where even as I ask these questions, I'm trying to check my own, um, uh, I, I'm similar to you in that way, Danielle, where it's kind of that feeling of insignificance or that you're not doing enough. I mean, it, this is what this is all about. We always kind of feel like you're not doing enough. You're not the perfect homemaker, but now you're talking to your colleagues and you're not as accomplished in their eyes as you used to be. Um, and that's and that's not true. And I'm I'm really trying, I guess what I'm trying to ask you is, how do you kind of get to the point where you're no longer feeling validated when you have been for so long? Um, and then the other question, which is going to be harder, and I think we'll, we'll all have to kind of push through this, is how do we get other people to stop seeing the decision to stay home as a woman as somehow a fall from grace? Right. Yeah. Um, so the, the second question is a very big question. So um, well, I think you know, what you're doing right now, having, <laughs> having these conversations um, and having... I think actually having women um, working and staying at home, there tends to be a, a divide and not because there is animosity, which I think is what the media likes to portray that we're, you know, there's the, you know, the battle between, you know, the wars between the work and the working mothers and the stay at home mothers and all that. I actually think there's the divide because your lives end up being so different. So if I'm hanging out with, I'm trying to do play dates. Well, the only people I'm going to do play dates with, are other moms with kids or their nannies. I'm not hanging out with those working moms at, you know, 11 a.m. because they're at work. And so I think there's, you know, less interaction um, between women who, you know, work versus stay at home just because of the logistics of our lives. And so, um, you know, I think ways for women to come together, um, you know, around, I mean, in, in many of our cases, the commonality is the fact that we have kids and we're trying to, you know, do our best for them, whether we're, you know, working outside the home or not. Um, some more opportunities for us to really interact, I think, is one way um, that you begin to do that and ways to practically support each other. So that's one thing that I've really come to is, are there ways that as a stay-at-home mom, if I have a good friend who's a working mom, how can I help her, right? Can I offer to double the dinner that I'm making tonight yeah. and bring it to her to help her? Or can I offer to, you know, pick up her kids or watch her kids so that she can go to the gym and then vice versa? Can she, you know, be the one who opens her home for the sleepover on Friday night so that I can have a break and maybe have my Saturday morning, you know, to myself. And so thinking about ways that women kind of in their, in their lo locality can really help and support each other. So I think that's sort of my answer to the second question about what can we do sort of this larger problem. I think it has to be, you know, sort of addressed on a very individual kind of local, very practical basis. Um, and then your, your first question, um, in terms of, you know, sort of the, the identity piece, um, for me, that actually became, you know, more of a spiritual question and just thinking about, okay, well, God doesn't look at me 
and say, I think you're lesser than or not valuable or not using the gifts I gave you because you decided to stay home and take care of these children that I've given you to take care of. And I don't think he was upset when I said, okay, I'm going to go to work to help provide for these children that I gave you to take care of. And so um, I read a great book um, by Tim Keller called Every Good Endeavor. And in that, it's actually just a book about, you know, sort of work and kind of how we think about work and framework. And, you know, he gives some really good advice just about how, you know, underworking, overworking, like we just put so much emphasis on work that it can become an idol in our life, whether we're actually working or not. And so, um, you know, I had to do a lot of soul searching and just realizing that, again, my identity, like who I am as a person, my value is not actually linked to the work I do. That doesn't mean I can't do work that's valuable, whether that's in the workplace or at home, but I am valuable as a person, not because of the work that I do. And so I think that's how I have wrestled with it. But, you know, quite honestly, I still, I like contributing. There are things that I want to do and have impact in the world that goes beyond raising my children. And so I'm figuring out how do I do that in a way that still honors the relationship that I want to have with my kids and the time I want to spend with them, especially when they're little. Get out of my head, Danielle. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here, um, curious about how you found time to maintain yourself as Danielle, the woman in the midst of being the stay at home mom, which you have very effectively defined as a multi role position. Right. (laughs) Um, so, I mean, the first thing there is, you know, shout out to my husband. Um, <laughs> shout we, out. We've, <laughs> we've certainly done that together. And so, um, you know, he has been supportive, you know, when I went back to work, when I said, Hey, I really think I want to go home and there, stay home. And there were, you know, a lot of tears and kind of back and forth and should I do it? And should I not? And, you know, all of that. And through all of it, he was like, okay, well, whatever you decide, like I support you and we will figure out how to make it work. Um, and so, you know, in terms of maintaining myself, I mean, he, and I think, you know, a lot of men of our generation are very engaged dads and Mm -hmm. they participate and they, you know, we agreed early on, um, you know, in our relationship and got good advice, quite frankly, from people that had kids before us, like you guys aren't the only people in the world that can take care of your kids. So I think one of the benefits of going back to work was that, I did have someone else caring for my son. We had a nanny the first year that I went back to work and then my son went into daycare. And so even just that helped me realize, okay, I can have other people care for him. And we had had a babysitter since our son was probably about five or six months old where we started doing, you know, getting back into our date nights or, you know, my husband would watch him so that I could go to the gym and then vice versa. Like we actually, you know, I was a little bit late getting on this call with you because my husband was at the gym because we tag teams that we both can get our exercise. So I think that is one thing, this idea that you need to have a team or a support network around you um, is something that I've really come to value. And I think it's made a huge difference for me. So that can be your babysitter. It can be, you know, daycare. It can be, Um, if you have someone come clean your house, there's lots of people who can sort of quote unquote be on your team or in your support network that allows you to do those things. So I, you know, last fall, I went to a wedding in California for four days and was able to leave, you know, the boys at home, um, with my husband and I wasn't like stressed out and on the phone with him. I'm like, he knows how to take care of our kids. (laughs) And so I think, 
you know, as a woman, you have to realize, yes, you are the best person to take care of your kid, but you're not the only person that can do it and that can love them. And it's actually good for them to know that there are other people that they can trust that, you know, can take care of them, that they can rely on, et cetera. And I think that's where you pull in people. The final thing I'll say, because I can go on about this forever, um, is that I think there actually are a lot of times where people offer to help and we say no. So that's one thing that I realized was that there were people that wanted to help me and would say, hey, if you ever want me to watch the kids or if you need help with this or that. And I'm like, no, 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 I can do it. I, I can handle it all, all by myself. Right. And so getting out of that mentality, I think is really important and learning how to just say yes when someone help, when someone offers to help, because most of the time they, they genuinely actually want to help. They're not just saying it to be nice. They really do want to help you in some way. And so that can be, you know, friends, I can be grandparents or extended family that are in the area if you have them Uh, my mom has come twice now to watch our boys for like a week our first son when he was one we took a week vacation from him which people like oh my gosh you're leaving your son I'm like yeah I'm leaving with my mom he's one like there's Skype we'll be fine we took a trip (laughs) he was totally fine um and then this past December my husband had a conference in Hawaii I had never been to Hawaii we're like hey we should go so my mom flew back out Um, And my cousin actually came about halfway through the week. So the two of them kept our boys for the week and we got to take an actual vacation um, with, without them, which I've learned now, if you take your kids with you, it's a trip. If you don't take your kids, it's It's a vacation. vacation. (laughs) This is is hilarious, but true. Oh my gosh. So I have so many little notes that I've made in that little chunk that you shared. Um, So let me just speak for people that might be like me that have a really hard time of letting go. And that was something that you mentioned with regard to the cleaning or having other people care for your kids. It's, it's a hard place for me a lot of times because it's this place of, well, I, it's either I don't trust or sometimes I just don't know how to let someone else do something. And motherhood has been that weird space where I'm almost forced into having to have to to say yes, because I never felt like I just had never had enough time. And this is like the first time where I'm just like, <laughs> wow, I really need a team. But you know, what's interesting is before I had children, well, children, I have a child. <laughs> before I had my daughter, it was, I would always joke with my friends about how Beyonce doesn't wake up like this. Despite what she may say now, <laughs> she doesn't always wake up with it. And it's not that I was hating. It was just the fact that I appreciated that she had a team, you know, um, regardless of who that figure is for you, they often have a team of people that are making them look great or making them sound great um, in whatever field it is. So we were joking about the music industry, but it really does reflect in every other realm of high profile individual. And I think what mothers tend not to do, or maybe society hasn't done it, or we just need to uplift ourselves is to think of us of ourselves as those high profile individuals that do need a team. Um, Mm -hmm. it's not, uh, oh, you can't do your job. It's a, I can only do my job this effect, this efficiently if I have this team of people. Um, so it is harder. And I will say from our perspective, being far from family, it is a little bit easier if we had close relatives closer to kind of let go of your children, for example. Um, but even little things like the laundry or the cleaning or just being okay with the cleaning, not being done, it will totally help you being better at the things that are really important to you. 
Yeah, and, and, and I would say to that is start small. Like, you don't have to flesh out your entire team when you start. Like, it really might be, okay, you know what? We're going to find a babysitter. And in order to find a babysitter, I'm going to ask my three closest girlfriends with kids who they use, which oftentimes parents don't want to tell you who their sitter is because they want their sitter to be available for them. Um, but, <laughs> you know, find someone who has a sitter that they really trust have them come over and watch your kid while you go take a shower and check your email and do something in the house. You don't even have to leave. You could have them there playing with your child or children and then sort of build up to, okay, now I'm going to go out for two hours and run some errands or we're going to go do a date night or I'm going to go to the gym or whatever it is. So you can pick one thing and start really small. I'm going to find a housekeeper, but I'm just going to have her come, you know, once a month or once every six weeks just to give me a little bit of breathing room. So it doesn't have to be that you sort of put an entire team together in a week. It could be that you pick one thing that you say, okay, I think I can take this off my plate, or I think I can get help in this one area, and I'm going to start there. And then as you become more comfortable, you build you build out your team. And I think your, your analogy in terms of the music industry is great. And I think it carries over to, you know, any moms who are listening who – have who did work before they had kids um or who are you know are working now you you wouldn't you know in your job no one says okay we're going to build this widget and sell it or we're going to provide this service you go do it all right there is you know product development team there's yeah. marketing team there, there's all these other people that are involved with the work you do so we're actually used to doing that we're just not used to sort of thinking about our home life in that way. And I don't think that everything in the workplace translates to home. So I don't think you need should be running your household <laughs> like a business. I'm not saying that at all, but I do think there are some principles there, um, you know, that you can certainly think about and say, okay, how can I, you know, add some people or add some support to what I'm doing? Um, awesome. I wanted to there was another point you brought up that maybe is not specific to the state home component, but when I have these interviews, it's so great because all these other interesting points come up. And the one that I think is really important for us to know that even though we are a show about in- improving and empowering, empowering women who are mothers, it's the fact that the confidence in the fathers, I think is, is a really key point and something that I had to learn um, personally as, especially not coming from an environment where I, I had my dad present, he wasn't at home with us. So it took a lot of work to build confidence, but the reality is, is you're right. This, the stereotype is not really the norm, that there are a lot of engaged um, men, our partners included, that are really interested in their children's lives. It's not a, it's not a addendum to them. It's a part of who they are. And yep. I think we, I just wanted to make sure we took a moment to, you know, just shout out the dads because <laughs> they are very important. And I think as mothers and as, you know, we're talking about stay at home moms, but those that are working, regardless, if you do have a partner that is engaged, allow them um, to be that, you know, don't, don't assume that they can't do their own just because they won't do it like you would. Yeah, exactly. And when he, to your point, you know, when your partner offers to help that same point I was making before say yes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or your husband like says, okay, well, you know, how about I watch the kids and you go do X, just say yes and go do X and let him do it. And, you know, I think your point is really important. I think this is hard, especially when your kids are in the baby phase and you want to be doing everything perfectly. Cause they're this, you know, perfect little human that you don't want to traumatize um, is you have to, you have to accept 
that he's going to do it differently from you, and that's okay. In fact, it's probably good. It's good for your kid that you and your partner don't do everything the exact same way. So he might, you know, change the diaper differently, or he <laughs> might, you know, let them snack on something that you wouldn't because they, you know, they can't have the treat before they have the healthy part. Whatever it is, like, it's probably not the end of the world, and it's good for them to have his perspective and your perspective. And so, you know, I think that point about saying yes, I think the first person you say yes to is the other parent, especially when they are offering and really wanting to be engaged. And I think, you know, for the dads too, it's it's really hard at the beginning when mom is sort of the go-to. If you do happen to be breastfeeding, then there's really like dad can change diapers, right? And he can yeah. hold the baby, but like there are, you know, fewer things that he can do, especially at the beginning. So if you can hand off, you know, the baby. And as they even get older, you know, the toddler and kid to him, it actually helps build his confidence. And he's going to want to engage even more because he's confident, because he says, yes, I know how to take care of my child. And so I think, you know, as moms, that's something really important for us to be doing. We're building our own confidence and saying, hey, I can keep this person alive. (laughs) You want to be doing that same thing, you know, for, um, you know, for your spouse. So Oh man, so many nuggets of awesome information, Danielle. I'm I'm telling you, it's really great having you on the show. Um, because we know time is precious, we'll be wrapping up. Yes. But I'm curious, is there anything, any last thoughts, anything that you wanted to share um, about being a stay-at-home mom or 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 not? Just any other thoughts you might have had? Yeah, I think the last thing I would say is um, give yourself a lot of grace. <laughs> forgive yourself, move on. Um, you know, things happen. Like don't, don't beat yourself up over, you know, the things that happen like in, you know, in the course of caring for your kids. I mean, there's major things. Yes. You don't want your kids putting their fingers in sockets and things like that. But most of the things, um, you know, you sort of live and learn. The other thing that I would say, and this is, you know, very relevant to my experience is that any, you know, the decisions that you make are not forever. They're not permanent decisions. So make plans and then you adjust as life comes at you. I didn't necessarily plan to be a stay-at-home mom for as long as I have been, but I'm really grateful that I've had this experience and it's shaped the way now that I think about even having a third baby. Um, And so just realize that you make a decision and then if that decision is not the right one or it's not working, it's not a forever decision. It might be challenging to, you know, to change it or things like that, but you don't have to be stuck in it. So you can adjust and, you know, kind of make decisions on the fly as needed. And, you know, quite frankly, as a parent, you're doing that anyway with your kids. You have this grand plan of how your day and how your life is going to go. <laughs> and then and then you interact with your child and realize, hmm, it's going to go a lot differently than I thought. And that's okay. And so I think, you know, kind of these big decisions, stay at home working, they are really big decisions, but none of them are forever permanent decisions. Oh my gosh. I, you know what? We'll just have you back on every time. Let's just just clear your calendar for the rest of the year. We're just going to come back to you. No, this was great. I think a lot of people are going to resonate with this. I'm I'm sure the dads are going to really appreciate the shout outs. Um, But uh, that was great. What we'll do is we'll put notes, uh, including the book suggestion, Every Good Endeavor, and we will link to your budding website which is going to be really helpful for a lot of moms so we will have that on uh on our facebook page and everywhere so that all the people listening can get access to you um and just to learn more 
Fantastic. And you can also feel free, I think, in my information, my email address is there. So if you have any people, um, any of the, the moms in your audience who, who want to contact me directly, even if it's just to, like, talk or, hey, you said this thing, can you elaborate? I'm more than happy to do that. So please don't hesitate, um, you know, to reach out to me. Excellent. Well, thank you, Danielle. We will have you back on the show for sure. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Danielle. This was really fun. Danielle and Kate got some baby advice for you.